Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the B2B Marketing Podcast. My name is David Rowlands. I'm the head of content at B2B Marketing. And I'm joined today by Mike Whitemire, who is co-founder and CEO of accountancy software company Flowcast. So, Mike, first things first, um, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about Flowcast? And, um, you know, what is your main challenge as a business as well? Uh, yeah, sure. Happy to hop in. And first of all, you know, thank you for uh, for having me on the podcast. Excited to chat through what we're doing from a, a marketing perspective. I do. Uh, I find it a little funny that my background in accounting has somehow led myself to being on a marketing podcast at this point. So um, I guess we'll we'll start there. So I am an accountant by trade. I uh, started my career as a big four auditor at a firm here in Los Angeles, uh, Ernst & Young. So mostly, you know, I'm in LA, so I might as well do uh, what's going on in Hollywood. I audited a bunch of film and entertainment and record labels, things like that. Um, that was a really fun experience. I uh, worked a lot, got my CPA, uh, learned a ton, but ultimately decided I wanted to leave audit and move over into um, industry accounting, which means you go inside of a company and do accounting work for that company to help them close the books, issue financial statements, all that good stuff. When I was an auditor, you're not doing that work. You're checking to make sure all that work is done properly. So you're going to the other side of the table um, to actually do the work. And I joined a pre-IPO software company, uh, Cornerstone On Demand was the name of it. I joined, we went public about a year later. It was a, quite the experience. A lot of pain points go along with that. I was there for about three years. And then um, three years into that uh, experience, I realized we had this really big pain around what's called the month end close um, and the reconciliation process as well. It's an incredibly important and very underserved uh, process that lives within the office of the CFO, and really no software had been developed to help with it. So I left my job in 2012 to start working on Flowcast, and that's exactly what we do. So we build, um, we started off as closed management software, helping with that month-end close reconciliation um, challenge. We've really expanded our solution now to where uh, large accounting departments are now just running their entire operation on Flowcast. So we help drive what's called accounting operational excellence used by the office of the CFO for running really everything they're doing, a pure, pure SaaS application. Um, and I would say, you know, back to your, uh, the original or the biggest challenges that we're facing right now, you know, fortunately, I think things are going well for Flowcast. We have a lot of good things going on. I'd say it's the challenge that maybe every company has right now. You're just in a down economy that we haven't seen in you know a decade at this point. We've been on a decade-long bull run, and all of a sudden, people are actually a little stringent about what software they're buying and, and different decisions like that. So I think just a standard kind of macro headwinds that every company uh, is facing at this time. But for, fortunately, the good news for us, and this plays into some of the content strategy, accounting is a field where it is incredibly understaffed. It's very difficult to recruit and hire people and retain them. And so that gives us a unique advantage in that there's really nowhere else to turn to other than buying software to help come up, you know, solve some of those problems that occur within your accounting department. So unique space, really uh, interesting from my perspective. And yeah, again, like find it surprising that I'm on a, a marketing podcast here uh, 10 years after starting the company. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. So lots to get into. Um, I mean, you've, talked, you've spoken a little bit there about, you know, what the, the challenge that Flowcast solves as a business, but from a, a marketing point of view specifically, what is the, the real challenge there? Is it, is it brand awareness? Are you, are you trying to, you know, what, what is the challenge? Mar yeah. So marketing specifically, when, when I originally had the, uh, the idea for our content strategy, it really was an awareness issue. So it's, we, we were new on the scene and not only were we new, but what we do is a new category altogether. So you have this double whammy of you're trying to create a category and then make sure you're the leader in that category when you're doing that. And so a lot goes into that, right? And we, I mean, we've raised money, we're venture backed, but we don't have 200 million bucks to plow into brand advertising and buy a bunch of ads and stuff. So you got to get creative and that's where 
as everyone who listens to this knows, you know, content is king. And so that's where this sort of unique content strategy began to uh, to develop was out of this need for yeah awareness and brand recognition. Absolutely. And this definitely was a really creative campaign. And we don't say that word lightly um, at B2B Marketing. Um, so for anyone who's not aware, um, can you just tell us a little bit about what your campaign was? What 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 are we here to talk about today? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll take a step back. So when we started the company, you know, my background's in accounting, right? We sell to accounts. So I, I am the buying persona on that side of the, on that side of the table. And so we started like every other enterprise company, a lot of content around, you know, best practices, things that are industry related, really like educational, get better at your job type content. But I kept thinking back to my time in accounting. And when I was actually doing this job all day and working a lot and doing it for, you know, 12 hours a day, I had no interest in going home and reading more content about accounting. That was not what I did, nor did any of my friends who worked in accounting. Nobody ever came into work the next day and was like, guys, I read this great white paper about this new piece of guidance that's coming out. I can't wait to implement it. That just never, ever happened. And so I, so I thought about, okay, what did me and all my friends do? And it's it's horrible, but we'd work all day. You just got to go home and veg a little bit, watch some TV, and then call it a night and go to work the next day. Like it's a horrible existence, but it is, you know, it is what it is. So let's just let's just embrace that. And so with that, I had this thought of, you know, maybe rather than educate or not rather than perhaps in addition to educating, we should also think about can we just entertain accountants and come up with something specifically for them? So that was kind of the first idea. And then it moved into, well, what would be some more entertaining content that might be engaging for our audience? And then just started thinking about all the workplace comedies that have existed over the years, how popular those end up becoming. And, you know, you can have that's something where you can have any old business idea. And as long as you wrap a workplace comedy around it, it can be, you know, it can be really interesting. And I thought accounting had an opportunity for that. And so that that was the, the genesis of the idea was just like eh, doing some of this traditional content. I don't know if this is the best fit for us. And then uh, starting to develop this idea for something a, a little bit more creative. Absolutely. So you've sprinkled a bit of Hollywood stardust on the uh, the sometimes a little bit more dry world of, of accounting, let's say. Um, yeah, and that and we have a unique advantage. We're in LA. We're one of the few, you know, we're one of the few software companies in Los Angeles, and we have access to that, that type of talent and those skills. It's really fascinating. Yeah, a hundred percent. And um, yeah, I can imagine when you know you first float, floated the idea in the boardroom, um, the reception you got might have been a little bit, you know, not negative. I'm sure it was a great reception, but a little bit. <laughs> um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just concerned that it's going to take a lot of money, a lot of time, and it's really not going to deliver anything. So, what sort of reception did you get when you first floated the idea? Oh yeah, it was. Um, well, so I sort of my. First of all, my board is great. I love working with them. They give me a lot of leeway to do what I want to do. So I, I would run, I ran this idea by them. I'm like, Here, here's what I'm thinking. And the feedback was mostly, yeah, definitely. How much money are you going to spend on this? And it started much smaller than it ended up actually being. Um, I'll explain that in a minute. But, um, and then, you know, what's the purpose of this? And I said, well, it's it's a creative way to, you know, spend some money to try to drive more awareness. It's going to allow us to tell the story of the industry and where we think it's going. So it's much it's much bigger than just here's Flowcast. Know about what our software does. It, at Flowcast, we have a point of view on where the industry is going. We think it's a big change that's occurring right now, and it's something that our software supports. And so we want to push that narrative as much as possible, as fast as possible. So there's this overarching, just kind of like mass psychosis uh, area where we're trying to really impact that. And then third is um, we hire accountants all throughout Flowcast. So we have. We have 550 employees now, and I'm going to guess over 200 of them have a background in accounting. And recruiting people out of accounting is not that easy. You know, a lot of them get into it for job security. It's just what they're comfortable with. Um, but we love hiring them, and they really excel at Flowcast. And so anything we can do to recruit more 
people to Flowcast is really helpful for us. So that was the other angle is, you know, it's a recruiting engine for us to bring more accounts into Flowcast. Okay. So, so I bring it up. They're like, okay, that all makes sense. How much are you going to spend? And uh, it start, like I said, it started off way cheaper. And then what happened was the ideas, the idea actually started all the way back in 2019. And we started developing some of the characters and the show and stuff. And then COVID hit and it was just like, this is not our number one priority right now. So it hit the back burner for over a year. Then Flowcast started really performing well. I felt good about everything that was going on around here and decided to you know, divert some of my time towards this again. And then as we were developing it, I got more and more confident in how good it was. And then we raised our round of our, our series D round of funding. So we raised $110 million. And so with that, I said, hey, I'm carving out a portion of this. We're putting it towards the show and we're going to see how season one goes. So we spent you know, million and a half bucks putting season one together. Um, but from my perspective, I had a lot of conviction that um, the story was really good. I wanted to support it with the right level of production to put it in a position to be successful. Uh, I thought it was doing all the three things that I had mentioned earlier. I thought it was really accomplishing all those three things. So I got a lot of confidence in it and put some good money behind it, you know, not like easing into this. We just went for it. Uh, and I was very happy with the output of season one. Sure thing. I, I can imagine you were. And in terms of the channel, where did you actually air the show? Is it just on YouTube? Was it on your own site? Where, where did you go with it? No, we just, uh, it's hosted on YouTube so everyone can access it. You know, we wanted to make it as widely available as possible. And like my, uh, our, our head of uh, Flowcast Studios likes to say, you know, YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. So that's a good spot to uh, to have your content living. Yeah, a hundred percent. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I know for, you know, I know for a fact, I've, I've looked at the, yeah, I've looked at the, um, the episodes and they've had some great viewing figures on it. Um, but I also know that more often than not, you know, a board is not going to be satisfied with just seeing viewing figures. So, um, you know, were there any other sort of metrics or indicators of success that you can share with me today? Yeah. And I mean, I think, well, for starters, the board, you know, another concern through all of this, through the whole production was, hey, we're in a very sensitive environment uh or is any of this going to be offensive and is that going to negatively impact the brand right so that was another consideration along with it so the board actually watched all the episodes and they they loved them they're like oh this is great so they they really enjoyed those so just there from a quality perspective if our board enjoyed it and they're not accountants that felt like a good starting point to me so there was that but yeah i mean i'd always like more views but when you look at the the comments you know, the ratings around the internet, you even go to Reddit and it's like very positively received on Reddit where, it, you know, you go on Reddit, you're going to get ripped apart on anything, but it's actually you know, unanimously well received on the accounting subreddit there. So qualitatively, I feel really good about everything. Um, and then uh, from uh, areas where we can quantify it, I mean, at this point, it's helped us recruit over 10 new employees to Flowcast. And that's that it, recruiting is very expensive and very valuable. And what I love about it is people who enjoy PBC and apply as a result of it are sort of going to be a good fit for our culture just automatically. It really like filters people through that and they're going to be a good fit for us. So the, the 10 or so folks we brought on are also just great culture fits for Flowcast and have slotted in really nicely and have picked it up. Um, on the sales side, we have, we use Slack and we have a channel called the new clients channel and we'll close a deal and you'll see someone mention, Oh, I saw PBC and loved it or whatever. So it might, it sometimes drives awareness and it's how they found out about Flowcast, but also in the middle of a sales cycle, if someone real like learns that we've produced this type of content, 
it helps you get so locked in with the brand because we have the buy accounts for accounts notion. And when we know enough about accounting to put together a comedy series that is so nuanced and specific towards what they deal with on a day-to-day basis, it shows that like we really get where they're coming from and just gets you into the brand that much more and produces a lot of that value. So that, and then also on uh, on customer calls, you know, we hear PBC mentioned on customer calls all the time, just that, again, helping build that brand within the customer base that we have, but also recruiting new people and signing new logos. So it's been it's been pretty awesome. Mm. So what was the, the actual narrative you were trying to push in the show? You know, what was the story you were trying to tell? Well, it started off as so really kind of my my background was the, the basis for the well, the starting point for the show. So our protagonist, Sarah, she works in audit for about three years and then leaves and goes to a pre IPO software company is exactly what I did. Right. So then the similarities kind of end there. So it's her, her jump off point. She's into industry accounting and trying to figure um, figure stuff out. And really, like what we were trying to do was show a very uh, a very common transition path going through your first audit. You know, now you're an accountant and you're going to get audited. That's an experience that everyone goes through and has to deal with. So that was one that's very common and everyone gets within accounting. Season two, we move uh, Sarah into what's called an accounting operations role. And this is where the industry is going. And we have... You know, Flowcast, like we're, we're fortunate enough to work with some of the, the most forward thinking companies out there. So, for example, Zoom, you know, we're recording this on Zoom. They're a client of ours. Yelp is another client of ours. And they're companies that are just very forward thinking about this. And we noticed that a lot of them were hacking Flowcast for sort of all types of operational work that they were doing. And they had employees moving into this new role called accounting operations manager. And we were like, oh, this is interesting. And turns out our software was a great fit for that person's role. And more that role is now becoming more common. So we're kind of like, eh, let's push that one out there a little bit more. So season two, she moves into this accounting operations role. We try to highlight, hey, here's what accountants should be doing on a day-to-day basis. It's not like what you'd expect. It's more this cross-functional work, you know, season two involves working with the sales department to get some processes in place. And it shows some, you know, some of the headbutting between accounting and sales. Um, but the overall idea there is if we, if we get that audience of say 22 to 30 year olds to be enjoying PBC, if they're in audit and they watch this and they see what Sarah is doing as a job, then while they're working in audit, that's the expectation that's going to form with them that, Hey, when I get it out, out into industry, I'm going to be do, doing operations type work. And if they do that, they know about Flowcast, they know about us through PBC, a show that they like, they're probably pretty inclined to use our software to help manage their next job. And so that's the idea is pushing that narrative out there as much as possible to accelerate that transition sort of towards more of the operational type role. Okay, fantastic. And I just like to move on to the actual marketing of the show itself, because obviously the show is a, you know, it is a form of marketing, but there's also yeah. that second step, which is actually how do you get yeah. the show out to people in the first place? Um, so yeah, how, how did you do that? What was your strategy behind that? You know, it's been, uh, I'd say there's mixed results. The accounting audience is really difficult to peg down. And what really happens more often than not is this stuff goes, it's organic through the firm. So you kind of have to seed it in accounting as much as you possibly can. And what we've noticed is we'll seed it through like accounting influencers, which there are some of them, but they're not just like insanely, there's no Kim Kardashian of accountants, for example. There's there's, there's nothing like that where you can just pay them a bunch of money and it gets in front of everybody. So you kind of have the the big, the audit, audit accounting influencer approach. You then work with different press releases. You have like accounting today covering this type of stuff. So you do your standard PR campaign. And then we ran some digital ads in the background. So I, I think a pretty standard approach to all of this no crazy stunts, you know, we didn't like wrap buses and PBC or, or, or sponsor airports or anything like that quite yet. So it was very, yeah, natural kind of organic reach. And 
what I keep telling the team is I'm like, look, when I was in audit, this is what happens when there's a weird piece of content for us. It gets emailed around, it gets sent around like wildfire. And that's what we see is you see the views kind of are big in the first week. And then it just is steady stream afterwards as it gets kind of forwarded around uh, the firms and, and goes from there. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, the show is so good that it kind of speaks for itself. So presumably, you know, once a few people watch it, they forward it to their colleagues and it, and it kind of spreads organically. Is, is that fair to say? That's it. Yeah. And we hear hilarious stories like sometimes our client, uh, one of our clients will send it to their auditors. And it's like, you know, because season one is that auditor versus accountant dynamic. So the, the clients find it very funny to send the show to the auditors because we do a lot of slamming on auditors and that work and how kind of how much it sucks. So they like sending it over their way. So, yeah, there's there's different uh, funny ways that it ends up getting shared across the community. Great to hear. Um, so just a very quick note to our uh, listeners, because we haven't forgotten about you. Um, if you'd like to hear some more, you know, super creative, really interesting marketing came, uh, campaigns like this one, uh, then Propolis, which is the community intelligence platform from B2B Marketing, uh, is loaded with gold-winning case studies from our various annual award ceremonies. So these case studies tell you everything you need to know about running a world-class marketing campaign um, and hopefully give you that little bit of inspiration you need to follow suit. So if you are a Propolis member, just head over to the site to learn more. Um, but, you know, if you're not a member, I did actually recently record an episode of the podcast with law firm Adelshaw Goddard's head of marketing, Brian McCready, um, who spoke to me all about his organization's poetry based campaign, um, which won gold for best use creative and best brand initiative at the 2022 B2B Marketing Awards. So if you want to learn more about another incredibly exciting campaign, um, you can be sure to check that out just by following the link in the description. Um, but, Mike, back to uh, our conversation. Um yep. And there's always, you know, there's always an argument about whether marketing should be kind of focusing on, you know, the capitalizing on short term opportunities um, or on those sort of long term brand building pieces. So do you think that this particular project has, you know, another season in it or, you know, if not, what's next for Flowcast? Well, that's a really good point you made. So I, I would say actually the org structure was maybe one of the more complicated portions of this whole thing, because, yeah, I don't want I don't want our proper marketing organization working on this type of content that's we, we have numbers to hit we have a funnel to fill and there's you know we have customers to market to a product to market all that kind of stuff so this is actually pbc um is actually produced by flowcast studios which is a separate entity under the flowcast umbrella so it's a separate team of um we have six people over there now they have a lot of creative freedom to do what they want it actually reports directly to me it doesn't report to our cmo it rolls up directly um to me so that way our cmo can focus on more of the traditional brand building but then demand generation product marketing all that all that good stuff so i took that off his plate to allow him to focus on the corporate stuff and do that and keep the train on the tracks and i also i recognize it's a big risk to do this stuff and i was taught i'm like dude you don't you're, you don't have to put your neck out for this I'll, I'll i'll take the heat if it doesn't go well and so so i decided to have it report up to me to take that off his uh to take the pressure off him a little bit so at the end of the day it's really more of a budget discussion how much do i want for flowcast studios how much are we going to put in in marketing and other than that then once we make that decision it's like break go and people do their own content strategies from there yeah. And, and speaking just, you know, a lot more generally outside of this particular project, do you think that things like this, this kind of more casual, more fun or funny in this case um, to the content, do you think stuff like that's like to become a lot more popular in the in the B2B world going forwards? I I think there's an opportunity for it. Um, and actually, part of the inspiration was this um, this LinkedIn influencer by the name of Corporate Bro. And he um, he is a, he's a personality for software salespeople. He's like the most the most stereotypical corporate bro you could ever think of. Like he sold he sold software for Oracle, just fits the bill as the stereotype to the T. Huge following on social media, and people love him. 
And uh, he has like a variety show that he does and stuff. And, and it's it's just all humor based and incredibly offensive as well. Like there's no that that's fine with the, with this audience, apparently. Um, so he was part of my inspiration for like, maybe there's something here. If you attack that humor angle and you can do it in a way where people still work with you, that's really interesting. Um, so I think so it's definitely happening in sales. I, marketing feels like a type of persona that's ripe for that. Like you guys, you know, it's a lot of like self-deprecating kind of poking fun of yourselves, but then there's like humor in everything you do and marketing is creative and funny and stuff. And so I think there's an opportunity there, um, but I, I think it exists. But one of the really cool things was actually for season two, we got corporate bro involved and he's, he's our cameo or he, he's our kind of, you know, guest star in season two of the show. He plays the main, the sales guy uh, within that area. Ah, oh, fantastic. Well, um, Mike, I think that's given a really good overview of the, um, of the. I don't even want to call it a project. That feels so formal of the show. Um, I just <laughs> want to give a, a final note to our listeners as well. Um, you know, you may have heard me talk about Propolis, our community intelligence platform. Um, so if you'd like to learn more about what this is, um, feel free to follow the link in the description. Um, but as a very quick overview, uh, Propolis provides you with technical content, tells you the exact steps you need to take as a marketing team, uh, benchmarking studies that tell you how, to, how you compare with your peers uh, and what good looks like across a range of marketing topics. Um, you also get access to our independent marketing experts who can answer your urgent marketing questions within just a matter of hours. Um, and of course, much, much more, but I won't, uh, I won't go on any longer. So Mike, thank you very much for joining me today. And uh, hopefully we'll see you again soon. All right. Thanks for having me, David. Appreciate it. Have a great rest of your night. You too. Bye-bye.